welcome to the 38th episode of uh, Mega Ten Marathon. It's a game-by-game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. I am Paul M. Davis, and who am I here with? Uh, I'm Elisa James. And I am Fletcher, still here for this game. <laughs> and what game is that? That would be uh, Shin Megami Tensei 2. We're rounding out the big guns on uh, SNES, well, Super Famicom, I guess, this week. Yep. I think so, unless one unless somebody wants to uh, really really uh, indulge in some pain and uh, join uh, try out uh, what is that uh, Majin Tensei? Uh, <laughs> uh, Majin Tensei is not bad. It's if that's the really painful one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All I, know, all I know is like I've I've looked at uh, I've looked at pictures of uh, Majin Tensei and it's. Uh, Man, it looks like uh, like uh, Fire Emblem if it was uh, just like drawn in like triangles and tra- trapezohedrons and I don't know. Spiral Nemesis look- upgrades the graphics quite a bit. What does? The sequel, Majin Tensei 2. Oh, okay. That's good to know. So uh, let's see. Uh, where where did we leave off last? All right. So where we when we left last our hero... Uh, he had just rescued Temple Knight Hiroko from captivity, and she was super excited to learn that you meet uh, Mikata and Valhalla. So, if you remember how we had mentioned that you had to go through the tunnels between districts, uh, and that's because you meet Zane here on the way back, and he tells you that the center uh, essentially sicked, abandoned on Valhalla district, swallowing Abaddon. a pool. Abaddon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That one's gonna really confuse people. Abandoned. I know. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Okay, sorry, guys. Abaddon <laughs> on Valhalla District swallowing a hole. Uh, and if you try to walk outside, it'll just kind of leave you staring at like a giant void. So you know that'll happen. Which I thought was kind of a cool touch, you know, especially considering it's such an old game. Um, There's a lot of little, if you think to try this, X will happen touches in this game. I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, I love those kind of, like, small, like, details, you know, because it really meant the developers put a lot of care into it. There's a couple of the side quests that we'll get into later in this that have a lot of that extra branch. Yeah, which is which is awesome. Okay, so then Cerberus appears. Saying he just managed to avoid Abaddon's maw by inches, but was unable to save Madame or the manor's residence uh, because it happened so suddenly. He'll join your party. So, since Madame is basically gone now, let's talk about the uh, visionary items that tell her and Cerberus' story. And so these are just in like a loose order. Uh, Off screen, the hero is killed in an accident that multiple people suspect is not an accident in the construction of the center. Um, you have the ruby earrings. Alfred and Madam make a devil's deal with the center to protect the people of Valhalla uh, in the aftermath of the hero's demise. Uh, this ends with Alfred muttering to himself that he, too, was a former companion of the hero and how this is probably inevitable. The hero was way too strong-willed to bow to the center's uh, bull, and something upsetting was bound to happen to him in time. Uh, Then you have the Golden Locket. Uh, Apparently, Thomas Tank was actually what the guy was called in Japanese, too. 
Uh, be- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just making me think of all those uh, mods of uh, Sekiro with uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I saw one did that with Resident Evil 2 Remake as well. I was, if, if, it was an X, Mr. X. With- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so because the translation um refers to the meeting of this former uh champion with madam before the center came to collect him um and after he departs alfred and madam curse the fact that they're basically feeding the strongest of the common folk to one another in blood sport only to have the winner over only to hand the winner over to the center just to keep Valhalla free and safe. Um, then we have the Golden Apple Seed. Uh, much how, much like how the Golden Apple recruited Cerberus to you in the original SMT, the visionary item gives you the story of Madam recruiting the Beast, uh, both of them bonding over missing their former companion. Um, also, like gameplay note, Cerberus has Samara Karm, so he totally rules and is awesome. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, keep this guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At this point, you are locked out of the center, even with your champion credentials. So the nearest accessible area is Holy Town, now populated and unfrozen after the Jack Frost incident. The Millennium News Network is declaring Zane has turned traitor and should be reported on site. But halfway through the broadcast, he breaks in, declaring that the Thousand Year Kingdom is being built only for the elites, and the fate of Valhalla is that of everyone as long as Abaddon is under the center's control. Also, the factory is a concentration camp. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's actually not witty commentary by us. That's actually in the game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Topical. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. If you are checking on bar rumors, at this point, someone will mention that if you wanted to go to the abyss, you might want a sleeping doll instead of a dancing doll, which is a thing we're going to have to keep an eye out. Uh, Lucifer is chilling here in the bar and finds the use of Abaddon as a weapon abhorrent. Because Lucifer has really high standards. Lucifer (laughs) is surprisingly noble to a point in this game. (laughs) Like, it's like, Ah, uh, this is not bad. This is not bad. Okay, okay. <laughs> and it's a really late turn too. Uh, elsewhere in the district, just in the overworld, Zane is riling up a mob in street preacher fashion. And inside the great church is Daleth, who you beat once again. <laughs> if you defeat him, you can find a basement elevator that allows you to descend into old Shinjuku. There's a couple of side quests here, but the big issue is you want to enter the dwelling of Oberon and the fairies, where Daleth will appear again. Reminder, you can run into him like five minutes apart back to back if you're just doing the straight plot. And he does not fight you this time, instead throwing a prank from Puck at you. However, Hiroko jumps in the path of whatever he throws and takes the hit, which causes her to fall for Daleth instead, hounding him across the sector like this was a Pepe Le Pew cartoon. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, You watch this just going, what the hell happened? And a nearby fae, Hanun... Uh, if you imagine a non-goth Alice, that would be Hanun. 
explaining what happened. And because all of us know what anime is, we can immediately tell by how she is blushing that she would love it if Dalith were hit with this stuff so he would fall for her. King Oberon <laughs> can break the spell, but he needs some of the original sap to do it. And Puck, having noticed that he pissed off three humans of incredible power in you, Dalith, and Hiroko, has fled to a trap-filled warehouse. It's a miniature dungeon with some good rewards and trap chests. There's one of each incense kicking around here. And at the end, you get an alignment choice that is not incredibly uh, opaque. I actually like this. Puck will offer you the sap for 10,000 maka. If you pay him, he shifts to law. It shifts you to law. If you refuse once, he goes, all right, all right, here you go. And if you accept that apology, that's neutral. Refuse twice. And he's like, all right, man, I don't want any trouble. And he will offer you money and the sap which will give you a chaos bump. Refuse one more time, he just drops the sap, flees, you get no money, and you get a giant chaos bump. There are no Dragon Quest choices in this game. <laughs> <laughs> so, take the sap back to Oberon, and you can wrap up this quest pretty quickly and get Hiroko back in your party, as well as end Dallas Thorn in your side when Hanoon hits him with the same stuff and claims her lover of choice. Yeah, so at this point, uh, there's a bunch of uh, side quests that are not really side quests uh, here, uh, some of which are things that need to be done later for main story events, other others of which are just helpful. So uh, in no, uh, no particular order, uh, here they are. So uh, past Oberon's kingdom is a shrine, which is a uh, short gimmick dungeon ending in a battle with Baphomet. Um, he's cakewalk, especially if you, uh, got Hiroko first and, uh, you can do this before rescuing her. So, uh, you know, definitely, uh, get her first. And, uh, this will give you one of the pieces of, uh, Masakado. Um, then there's a dwarf that's, uh, exca excavating the ground in the area. If you assist him for a long while, uh, in a pre precursor to the incredibly cursed sloth quest, and if, and uh, you get the uh, Saturn pillar. By this point, uh, Deleth will have uh, told you that you uh, told you if you talk to him in Hanun's shop that the astrological pillars are used to sh safely travel to the abyss. Um, then, just as you discover that Oberon's kingdom was the old Shinjuku. Another terminal in the area will reveal to you that a uh, nearby colonel of the uh, Shirai, or Chirai, um, official translations now refer to these as the uh, Shirai uh, species, is um, the uh, Akasaka. Aren't the, uh, the Shirai, aren't they like a uh, species of uh, fey folk? Yeah. It's okay. This game, a lot of these old school SMT fan translations came out before we really had a Western version. So some of the translators were just sort of guessing at how you Romanized a few of these. And that's why I made the note that nowadays we just refer to these guys as Jirai and the English SMT stuff. Right. Um, so beneath their city, is there an even deeper strata of Underworld? which is also somehow uh, Rapongi, and uh, it contains altars for all of the pillars and a city wherein uh, visiting their virtual battlers will allow you an upgrade from uh, Steven, um, which uh, basically uh, means uh, there's like nine minions summoned at once. Yeah, you can have a larger stock. Yeah. And then there's a uh, blacksmith down uh, with the dwarves who's said to make fantastic weaponry. Uh, since you don't have anything to work for him to work with, 
he has absolutely no shits to give you about you to give about you uh right now but uh you want to remember him um and then side note uh since you're in Gaian territory now all the human em- enemies in the battle sim are now messians as opposed to the above ground sims which use the uh Gaians as the enemy and uh there's a new casino down there which is uh full of a lot of uh potent gear you uh you uh get one fascinating item which is the bronze box it's consumable that will summon any demon from your battle records for a fight and uh it's excellent if you want to try recruiting one off or rare enemies i'm convinced this exists solely for the post game fiends yeah yeah most likely yeah, probably. And finally, uh, in a uh, city of mutants, you meet uh, Prince Haruko and get one of your major quests for this chunk of the game, which is uh, reassembling the guardian de- deity uh, Mascado from his component parts. It's possible to have uh, stumbled through a few of the shrines containing him before now. But uh, you uh, need six in total. And so basically you've got a series of uh, gimmick mini dungeons, you know, including invisible walls, conveyor floors, staircase mazes, the works. If you played an SMT uh, game, uh, you know, you know what you're in for. Um, Five of the six parts are underground, but the six requires you to put together uh, uh, some bar clues and NPC dialogue. That a guy in Holy Town found. Wait, okay, I'm getting confused. A guy in Holy Town found Masakato's head at an excavation site. Oh, right, right, okay. Basically, uh, yeah, so you got to put together some uh, bar clues and NPC dialogue and uh, find out that a guy in Holy Town found uh, Masakato's head at one of the excavation sites and has been trying to sell it as a relic. So, this is another alignment choice. If you uh, pay the 20, 20k fee, uh, you go law. Uh, if you want to haggle him down to 10k, uh, you go neutral. And if you want to mug him, then you go <laughs> I love these choices. These are great. <laughs> I really do love that this was a thing they inserted in multiple places and never told you. It's just like, well, well, yeah, if you're going to pay the crazy overpriced thing to not make any fuss, of course you're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. totally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so once you, ba- once you gather all six parts, there's a uh, delightful bit of uh, mechanics and flavor interaction. Obviously, you re- reassemble the guy by going to the Cathedral sad- Shadows and uh, fuse the parts back together. Um uh, Doing so and returning to Prince Haruko will allow you to discover that the prince was hiding Masakado's soul safely, and uh, it'll awaken the deity. Um, from here on in, uh, you can take a semi-optional dungeon, the Sealed Cave. You have to go there once just for the Sun Pillar, but uh, you receive for opening it. And if you're neutral, a really good katana. But otherwise, the uh, whole place is skippable. Uh, skippable. And, uh, if you do descend into it, you'll revive four other Japanese deities who you can then uh, fuse and uh, pal around, pal around with. <laughs> I think right. this is this is not the Suzuku, Biako, etc. This is um, Amaterasu and a couple of other Japanese gods. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. There, there's a few of these little side things that go, and here's new gods. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. 
It's around this time that uh, Lucifer will let you know the presenter stabbed Abaddon in the back, just like they did to Madam. Apparently, his quest to find set living uh, weapon came to a halt when the center kicked the gluttonous god into the uh, abyss. So you'll need to find the sleeping dog that was mentioned before um, and some remaining pillars to take care of that, leaving you only to take care, I mean, to return to Holy Town, uh, uh, Holy Down Now. Uh, let's see. But if you manage to return and hop into the bar on the night of a full moon, there will be a dance contest that you can win by uh, dancing crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> considered the joke <laughs> <laughs> by weirdly running into the middle of the floor and flipping out so this will reward you with the moon pillar which makes a certain cosmic sort of sense until you think about it for 10 seconds um <laughs> uh, anyway continue the story by revisiting uh zane in the streets where he'll tell you he and his followers are about to march on the factory and free the workers uh, on this trip back there, you can learn the factory was formerly Akihabara. Um, I, let's see. I confess my grasp of Japanese geography is really loose, but I also have straight up no idea how half of Tokyo is now Millennium, and another half of it is under several layers of itself. <laughs> Nuclear fallout, I don't know. <laughs> it just mutated it. On top of Kongi, uh, <laughs> which is actually underneath Akihabara. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, every, everything i know about japan i learned from uh shimigami sensei and persona so me too <laughs> I, I, I figure when i i figure like when i you know finally go to uh japan i'm gonna be like oh, oh there's there, there's a place where the uh the, the demon <laughs> the <four> gods, like. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yeah. <laughs> so um multiple former champions are among those imprisoned here in cells, but these just appear to be their normal uh domiciles because anyone you try to free calls you a demon and refuses to leave. Uh, eventually you and Zane figure out it has something to do with the watchtower sitting in the center of the district. So this dungeon is pretty large. Uh it's twelve floors tall. Uh, most of which is just four by four, uh, you know, kind of grid, until you reach the massive uh, top one. And as an added middle finger, <laughs> there's always <another> one. Yep. <laughs> Each one has a hole in it that will drop you two floors. <laughs> great when leaving, but not great on the way up. Uh, at the top, um, uh, Befagor is that is Belfagor. I'm. Okay, so I did it. Okay, Bethagor waits, guarding the siren, whose sobbing song keeps the workers enthralled. Even after you slay her captor, she refuses to leave for unknown reason. Um, then talking to the people in Holy Town again, after this, we'll give you some leads. She remains where she is because the center took her lover hostage, and unbeknownst to her, hucked him into the abyss like so many other things they took possession of. Ooh, ouch. So, uh, as a side note, a man in Holy Town Bar will also mention to you that a strange radiation, a.k.a. Siren Song, will distort the perceptions of anyone who has a, an intelligence score of under 10. Uh, so, most likely this is the game giving you an over hint if you somehow built an uh, Aleph who has no points in the stat by this time. Uh, you should be around, like, in your 40s and level by now. Um... 
But honestly, I don't think any of us have gimmick built this to test it out, so I don't know. If I had to restart uh, during these notes, I would have tried it, but I did not manage to hit any of the bugs that ended the game. No. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, let's see. Uh, a man screaming in frustration in the great church will give you the sleeping doll you need since he can't make the uh, abyssal portal work for himself. Now that you have it, you can return to that shrine and place the proper four dolls to travel there for yourself. So now, of course, a direct path would be to find Peterson, Siren's lover, and you reunite the two, freeing the factory workers from her song. Um, once again, in terms of boy, this would change in later games. <laughs> I cannot think of any explicit mind control stuff not used for uncomfortable laughs. Uh, Persona 3, Lover's Boss. Or battle status effects in the cities. Hi, Marine Kareen, after this. <laughs> this is our third one after nearly frying Hiroko's brains and in the entire infidelity sap subplot. I'm sure, well, I mean, we could be forgetting something, but, you know. It's, it's just real yeah. weird that it gets harped on a lot. And I kind of mentioned that in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like. I really can't think of anything over the course of... There's not many games I haven't played or interacted with yet. And I, the closest I came is there's that weird scene in Persona 3 before you fight lovers. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And yeah, that was just a really creepy scene. Yeah, they've, they've kind of steered away from the concept, and I do wonder if there was some weird feedback from that plot, the plots in this game. <laughs> Uh, oh, they look back and they're like, uh, yeah, we shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> That's a bad look. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, they swapped it out with uh, with uh, homophobia and transphobia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's one team. That's one. T I will give them the credit. That's one team that seems to really be bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give them, you know perfect credit that says and they're always good otherwise but <laughs> i i remember yeah. the start of this game and the one gym leader who loved strong men <laughs> <laughs> that's true it, it's weird but this was also the 90s as opposed to now yeah anyway exactly. shifting off that <laughs> hey look side quests <laughs> um, nice segue perfect <laughs> if you want to shift your alignment allowed, there are actually a pretty good set of those right now. Everyone needs to go talk to the guy at the bottom of the factory excavation because he'll give you that Jupiter pillar he found. If you want to be law aligned, once you free Siren, release every prisoner from their cells. Each one will be a point for law. If you want a giant moral choice for points in either direction, head east as soon as you enter the abyss. There will be a second portal there and exploring a little will reveal that you are in Arcadia, the real Arcadia, where all of the residents are there, inside VR rigs, and suddenly a lot more things about the Thousand Year Kingdom experiment are become clear when you realize what they were actually testing. At the top of this area, you will find a rigged-up Gimmel, the administrator, and the guy you also forgot happened to be in this game after we left Arcadia before. He has a <laughs> lot of electrical attacks and heals himself, so a good strategy is to just blitz him back. A fast party who can buff him down ASAP will cripple him and render this battle no sweat. The problem is that killing the administrator causes a major problem for the Arcadia system, and herein lies your choice. Law heroes will maintain Arcadia and become the administrator themselves. 
This will change everyone's programming to believe that you, Aleph, are the new ruler of the city, and praise is heaped upon you should you ever return or interact with these folks. Chaos heroes will shut this whole place down, which seems like what a neutral hero would do, before you realize that none of your party members are technical and doing so murders everyone within the sim. You really don't know how to stop it otherwise. Everyone lives as slaves or dies being freed. Neutral heroes. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> neutral heroes are actually tremendous assholes here because everyone in the sim is going to become depressed due to the fact that they no longer have a brainwashing program running them into happiness and the abyss is sucking away their life force. So Oof. that's just a slow death that we'll never see any other humans again. Hooray! <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, there's just no right choice, it feels like. like just, This is all bad. <laughs> you, you kind of win this scenario by not engaging with it. Yeah, it's a little horrible that way. Yeah, basically. Also, one last side quest note. Lucifer is in the abyss and he tells you, Oh, hey, fancy seeing you here. Funny story, you came in via the back door. Try finding the real one next time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then we return to uh, Holy Town, and uh, the MNN is uh, now being pretty blunt, saying your four-star hand, turn yourself in at the center, or we're going to be sucking all the air out of Holy Town. Fatally. <laughs> <laughs> I know I made that sound glib, but the actual line is, Everyone in Holy Town will most likely die, but it's an unavoidable consequence. <laughs> um, so he decides to, uh, he's, you know, uh, he decides to do so, but with the intention of cutting as many throats as he can in the center before going down. If you follow him, you can find out Hiroko's parents don't recognize her anymore, but uh, bemoan her turning on the center. And the guards will all tell you Zane was already here. The elders actually want to speak to you themselves. And they'll uh, give you a passcode and let you pass uh, basically unhindered. A, uh, then a magic mouth will ask you three questions. And while this is not the final choice in terms of alignment in the game, it's a huge way to sway yours based on how you answer. I am not transcribing these branches. There are so many. Oh, that's fine. Um, so basically, you pass to discover Zane is now a statue in the uh, Han Solo vein, screaming eternally into the abyss inside a wall. Um, passing him leads to the three elders who oppose you. The fourth can be uh, found elsewhere in the building going, they said they were building a land for God, but they really made a stranglehold of control and madness, revealing that, oh shit, they're angels, literal arch archangels, and so begins one of the hardest sequences in the game. So first up, uh, Raphael and Uriel tag team you, and both are immune to bullets, which is already a, hand a handicap. Um, directly from this, the third elder uh, sheds his robe to uh, reveal that he is uh, Michael, He's pissed off, and he's mentioning that now you face he who defeated Lucifer himself. There's no break to heal between these boss battles. Uh, when you finish him off, the fourth elder appears, remarking that it's a shame you killed them, before suddenly screaming out a warning that it's not over and fleeing because it's God. And he says, ye who darest oppose my will, I shall destroy thee all. I don't know if that's uh, that's uh, early modern English correctly. <laughs> no, it's it's very no, it's much a <laughs> translator decision for Yahweh. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 
So, uh, so yeah, technically this is a false god, but Yahweh is a real bastard of a fight with the highest HP in the game to this point uh, by a mile. And the only kind of shown is that uh, it heals you before the battle begins. And to sum up how insane a task this is and how serious the game takes things, your reward is 65,535 XP i.e. the highest 16-bit value possible. Um, I jumped four levels from this last fight alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, voice of God, ye who darest, darest raise weapons against me, I shall punish and torture thee and thy children and thy children's children throughout all of eternity to the end of time. One uh, side note here that is just my own snarky moment. So, reminder, we are roughly in the time period and definitely in the timeline of Raido Kuzunoha the 40th, who is explicitly a temple knight in the center. So I like to think that dude got caught in our curse right here by proximity, and that's why he gets so wrecked at the end of Soulless Army. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It's just like, Good he's point. gotta be like a floor down and God is yelling this. It's like, what? What? No! No! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, when this whole sequence ends, if you somehow survived it, um, basically the blue-robed elder will reveal themselves to you and admit that they are Gabriel, who broke from the other archangels on the true God's orders when they defied God and decided to create their own Messiah in lieu of him, sending down the true one. Uh, while you were dealing with false Yahweh, uh, which, uh, by the way, uh, has no effect on alignment, uh, Gabriel restored uh, Zane to life. And uh, Zane will chat with you uh, amicably, amicably uh, talk about how the church losing its head is only going to make things tougher for the regular folk. And uh, before you can discuss how to handle this going forward, the computers tell you that a massive, massive energy burst is detected in Holy Town. You're going to have to handle it alone since Zane isn't fully recovered. All right. So uh, now a tower has burst from the earth, and it's, ta- it's the tale of uh, Moloch still in the abyss, a massive demon lord. The very presence of him in the district is sucking the life from everyone around, killing the weak in, uh, instantly, and rendering the stronger folks lethargic. So at this point, the old back door to the abyss is closed, and you have to get in the front way. Find the remaining pillars and place them in the deepest underground, at which point they form a hexagram around you to enter through the front door, awaken in the abyss on the plains of uh, Yiso. So. Uh, some of you are going to instantly recognize it as uh, meaning uh, the abyss is the tree of life, and we're now at the base. Uh, Malkuth is referred to as the human world and where we were dwelling all game long. So, uh, let's see. By this point, Steven appears to us in, in the flesh and enables us to use terminal stones in the abyss as teleport uh, points. I'm going to take uh, a hit here because I forgot to mention earlier in the notes that you could get a couple upgrades from him, and I don't remember when, but he's also given you the ability to ID items for free and store 12 demons. Okay, well, I'm sure maybe GameFAX has it somewhere, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, if y'all are using us as a walkthrough, um, very poor decision, and also, do that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> You'll also see the massive physical form of Moloch nearby. He's uh, draining a, a magnetite from the living world and burning it as fuel for, you know, whatever. We don't know yet. <laughs> uh, to progress up the tree, you'll have to climb branch by branch, and also some of them are locked with keys, because of course they are. Uh, your first gate is Hecat, a moon goddess, who is invincible unless you approach her on the new moon phase, at which point you will curb stomp her after the last few bosses. Uh, her HP isn't even a thousand, so yeah. <laughs> Defeat her cat, and you can enter the two branches beside the main path, Hod and uh, Netza, to get their keys. And then, okay, I don't know how to pronounce this. Enter uh, Tiferet. Tif oh, it's okay, Tiferet. Each contains a boss, Tiamat, and Alistair. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, Alistair Crowley. Uh, okay. Crowley is one of the most fascinatingly weird things this series has ever referenced. You have to approach his boss, Arena, on a full moon because he wants to perform a Sabbath. But Lucifer has forbade him to do this, and so he channels his lust into trying to murder you. And it's explicitly lust, by the way, which, if you know anything about the real Aleister Crowley, makes this one of the most accurate references to history in all of SMT. <laughs> can I uh, can I just uh, drop in a little of a uh, little uh, Aleister Crowley um, uh, trivia? Please do. I I kept it brief yeah. in case no one was interested. But... <laughs> Okay, so uh, Alistair Crowley uh, had a uh, had a uh, estate on uh, on uh, Loch Ness. So there's lots of uh, lots of uh, paranormal uh, theories that uh, he was the one who summited uh, or summoned uh, the Loch Ness monster. Um, that's my fun uh, Alistair Crowley uh, trivia. Uh, number one, and uh, the <laughs> second one is that. Uh, oh, you got to know what's what's the name? Oh, okay, yeah, he uh, supposedly summoned a uh, creature called Lom, which looks a lot like the uh, gray aliens. And yeah. so, <laughs> uh, are you familiar with this, Fletch? I am. I am very familiar with the weird intersection of Crowley and UFOlogy and, um, <laughs> oh my god, I can't remember the name right now. Um, and Lombas, that he might have... Oh yeah, Tolpas, yeah. Yeah, pulled that whole idea into the world and given them form. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to drop uh, a little bit of my, uh, like, useless uh, paranormal lore knowledge into here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting, actually. I really didn't know that at all, so... The other thing is that for all the people who will hold up Crowley as a master magician and a scholar of the dark, uh, if you look at actual transcriptions of the time period, minus his own old glossing or letters about him. Aleister Crowley was really just a horny dude on a power trip who made up all he could to just try and get some, yep. which is why this <laughs> depiction of him is hilarious to me. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even getting into, uh, what, what, what was the guy? Who's the name of the guy who was in, uh, the early, uh, American rocket program. Who is, uh, yes, that's 
Yeah, Crowley's influence is long and weird, and if we start going down that route, then we turn into early Scientology and fuck that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Such a weird mess. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I can't think of his name right now, but uh, one of the, one of the top uh, early uh, American rocketry people was a uh, was a. Uh, strong believer in Alistair Crowley and uh, would have uh, crazy, uh, crazy orgies on the weekend. <laughs> and then get his wife stolen by, um, by L. Ron Hubbard, name? right? Yeah. Hubbard. I couldn't yeah. think of Hubbard's name. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Such weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> if you actually want more of this, go look up uh, the last podcast on the left episode about Crowley and the early days of NASA and Scientology. Yeah. It's it's it's, wow. it's bonkers. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. I don't yeah, I don't know how to feel about knowing this now. Thanks. <laughs> America, weirder history than you ever realized. <laughs> so uh Tiferet is the area you broke into before, but before you can progress further, uh now that you're aware of the structure of the place, a Duke of Hell named Gamori who is an alternate uh, translation of uh, Grimori, the name he's most referred to as, uh, says Lucifer is looking for you, and he actually hauls you across the entire Sephiroth to Cater Castle, where Lewis Cipher takes off his suit, spreads his six wings, and goes, Sup, I rule hell. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the game should end. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It kind of does. Due to (laughs) this being the alignment lock for the game. So, in short, Lucifer knew the center was in direct opposition to God and went, I am not getting involved in this. The man upstairs is going to smite them in time. He also confirms that you did not kill the true Yahweh, but a manifestation the demented angels created from their will that justified their madness, which fed back into itself as they took instruction from it, which etc. So imagine Lucifer's surprise when it isn't God who smites the trio, but some hick from the sticks with a gun and a lady. As a result, he's pretty worried you're actually Satan, the great destroyer, God's personal tool of destruction and retribution, and a one-man apocalypse. This is bad for him because that's not just a thing confined to Earth. It also will scourge heaven and the abyss as well, wiping the entire universe clean to start anew. But your response tells him that no, this is not the case. Not, uh... Well, good news for you, not so good for everyone else, because there is a Satan coming. Set, his second half, is awakening in the abyss. And when he does, he's going to seek out his host and possess him to create said destroyer, and we still have no idea who that host is. Lucifer comes clean that when Satan arises, he is going to fight him to the death to save his people, but he's pretty sure he can't succeed alone and wants your help. However, he is Lucifer, and he wants this to be your choice. He's not thrilled Gremory dragged you to him without any warning, so his test to you is this. If you can make your way up the Sephiroth to meet him in his castle, you're the guy he wants in his corner. Gremory returns you to where you were, goes, I'm really glad you're not Satan, you're pretty chill, and leaves. (laughs) And then Gabriel descends into the abyss to meet you. They, too, decide to deliver you to a higher place, but this one is Eden, the very top of the center's tower, Straight up heaven on earth. Interesting note, one of the NPCs in Eden will refer to Gabriel as Mistress Gabriel, which is mostly notable because there's a debate over whether Gabriel is a very androgynous figure 
or if they are explicitly female. A lot of texts make mention of Gabriel being very distinct from the other archangels in this way, but it's kind of unknown on which way that's meant to be read. So that was just a neat note. Um, Atop the tower is Zane, who is upset that you met with Lucifer the Deceiver, but he's pleased that you're not in his pocket. He has a proposition for you. Kill Lucifer, rebuild the damaged Millennium, and create a planet of peace. Note, if you are too far into law, you do not have a choice to make here. You are just on Zane's side. Refuse him, and you are explicitly hurled out of Eden and off the tower to Earth, making you one of the single most resilient beings in SMT canon to survive that fall unscathed. <laughs> Returning to Tiferet after this, which you have to go back the long way, Astaroth will pretend to be Lucifer for a second poorly, going, Ha ha, you fell into my trap! And then becomes a pushover boss. Law. I... I presume this scene is different if you accepted the law route. Uh, which one of us did law? Not me. That's the worst route. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did chaos. Okay, I yeah, think neutral. I was supposed to do law and I did neutral because ah! I was doing the notes. So I don't actually know what that scene is. I know yeah. what the end game yeah. stuff is. I don't know what this one is. I, th I think well, we, I think we fell, fell asleep at the wheel here and uh, we didn't choose, <laughs> choose an alignment like we usually do. Usually I've do. covered <laughs> I've covered most of the end game stuff in notes because that I could research. I don't have this one event down for the law branch. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, I was hoping one someone else did. Ah, damn. Well, life will go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after you defeat them, Astaroth will plead for you to use your power to restore him to his original form as the goddess Ishtar. This will be a later side quest. Should you not be law yet, the real Lucifer will appear here. Go. I told that dipshit not to do this. Still, I definitely want you on my side now. You want to join me now? And you get the final alignment choice. Again, if you are already chaos, you are locked in here. But uh, I took the notes per neutral. So this is where we just get told by Lucifer, the next time we meet shall be our last for refusing. Yeah, so uh, whatever you do here... Um... Set will fly off from his temple, awakened and ready to meet his host. Progressing further will lead you to a gaping void, which uh, you can allow to swallow you. It's Abaddon. Inside Abaddon, uh, you get a lot of long-delayed conversations. Madame can be uh, seen one last time being absorbed into an organic wall, cursing that she wasn't able to save her citizens from the center's machinations before Abaddon uh, finishes devouring her. Speaking of which, this would make an amazing body horror film. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> this oh sector God. is a little too irritating to my taste, but yeah, this whole design is you are inside the beast, the walls are fleshy. It, it's it's going for something, I just don't think it makes it work due to gameplay. Yeah, and just because it didn't have the light, it had too many limitations on really making it effective as well, visually, so... Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, if you get, if you had uh, given it, a, like, you know, like another, like, 15 or 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that could have been amazing. Yeah. Or it could have just been the semi-random thrown-together dungeons in SMT4 that are the unmappable ones. Oh, right. Oh, no. Same texture, recall? <laughs> I do recall those. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, meanwhile, uh, Mikata fills in the last details of the Messiah Project. Uh, Aleph was uh, to be the artificial uh, Messiah. Bath was to be his pure Eve. Delath was uh, his liquid snake as the anti-Messiah. 
<laughs> made just shittier enough so he could be taken out to boost the left to the atmosphere or uh ju- made just shittier enough so he could be taken out to boost the left to the stratosphere with people zane is bodyguard and gimel the administrator of the artificial eden arcadia the big difference between the left and the other four is this they were all test tube babies, whereas the left was a genetic, genetically modified embryo born to a virgin mother, Hiroko. So uh, this revelation uh, fucks up uh, Hiroko pretty hard. Um, and she's basically uh, saying, uh, she's basically saying, wait, what the fuck is this? Uh, you need to explain more of this. But he just like he he downsells it. Hands left weapon he created called the Mag Presser to defeat Abaddon. Abaddon, sorry. And uh, <laughs> this, uh, you know, you might notice that this has a little more, more than a little uh, plot resemblance to a certain anti-pig device from Strange Journey in uh, locking an out-of-phase demon to a physical form. Uh, a guy who also swallowed entire sectors and dies. Also dead, Abaddon. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, the rest of the inside Abaddon section uh, consists of wa- walking a maze of intestines to his core and killing him. It's very dull gameplay. It's very, very dull. Um, killing him uh, restores the areas he swallowed, including the path forward to basically everywhere else, off of an area full of staircases that are half-dead ends at this point. And Can I just say, as an irritating gameplay note, no. I've gone through this game repeatedly. Oh, yes. <laughs> I always, always screw up which staircase is the path forward and which ones are the dead ends when I'm going through here. And I really just need to take notes if I ever play this again. No, oh, man. Do, use the third one on the left. <laughs> yeah, I think that's 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 pretty wise. <sighs> <laughs> I hate I hate this room. <laughs> I, I think we all feel your pain. <laughs> um so one of these is entirely optional. Um but it gives you some uh, delightful rewards if you take it on. Inside, you'll find the spirit of Beth, who sacrifices her soul to grant Aleph a uh, permanent plus one to all his stats. She was faithful to the end. Um as well, the building uh, contains the uh, optional boss, uh, Virokana. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, if you're not Chaos. Chaos Heroes just get a uh, what's up, and uh, he can uh, be fused. Uh, everyone else has to fight him for that privilege. So uh, at this point, uh, we got to talk about a visionary item scene that involves best raising in the center. She's uh, devoted fully to the Messiah, then given the ultimate problem to solve. Would you back the Messiah over God? Her answer is yes, and she is scolded. The correct answer was, God would never make much such mistakes. The elders notice that there is hatred in her eyes, a possible problem for later. It begins to make sense why she would choose non-existence for a left sake. Uh, and then the path forward is through uh, Gavura and involves slaughtering your way through the fortress. And um, it cannot be overstated how irritating this uh, chunk of the tree is because it's 12 heavenly generals. That's not a joke. It's 12 bosses with brief dungeon expiration between each. Yeah, not, not fun. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no one really stands um, out. It's just twelve dudes, and occasionally you leave to heal. Yep. 
Once again, the next tier of the tree involves two paths forward, one of which is kind of optional, it's alignment-based, and the other of which pushes you towards uh, Kenner. You're not quite a side quest as in Venon. Uh, remember when Azeroth com- uh, remember the Azeroth comments? This is where you split him into Ishtar slash Ashtar. However, if you're neutral to chaos, you need to come over here for the Fury Robe, which will conceal your alignment for entry to Eden. If you complete the Ishtar quest, uh, you know, you can obviously now fuse Ishtar and Ashtar both, and both humans will gain a one point, uh, one plus one to all stats, like mother, like son. Um, <laughs> dang, wow. <laughs> does, you have to imagine that their conversations after that scene are like real awkward for the rest of the game. <laughs> I'm, oh my God. <laughs> and if you know where the law ending goes, that's even weirder. Oh, oof, yeah. Uh, that's why I said it's the worst route, guys. Don't do it. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, in Hakma, uh, one of the series' most infamous demons awaits you, Mara. In one of the rare tributes to Mara's original myth, he will offer you various temptations before the battle. First, you'll be offered all the maka you can hold, then ten levels for nothing, and finally, Satan and Lucifer shall both kneel before you. Which, if you haven't put it together yet, may be a huge clue as to who Satan Satan's host is if you are on law. To accept any of these is to begin the boss fight paralyzed. Also, if you're Chaos, you don't fight Mara. All that he asks is that your intelligence stat be 15. Also, yes, it's a penis in a chariot, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not barely the lead here. <laughs> I knew people would ask. <laughs> And then I always think back to that really amazing, like, $400 figurine of Mara, and I'm like, I wish. Oh, my God. I, I really considered it at the time. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> I think every one of us considered it briefly. <laughs> but where will I hide this on the holidays? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> After... After clearing Mara's challenge, you can pass through to Cater, Lucifer's home. You get through here in three different ways. Uh, Law cannot get in, even if you did the side quest that Neutral does to enter via any method save one. You have to return to Eden, go to the top floor, and recruit Satan as a party member. Satan Zane, by the way, if we haven't mentioned... Uh, that, you know, by the time we get here in the notes, which, okay, there we go. Zane yeah, Zane. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe we haven't talked about that here, have it? <laughs> yep. So Satan just blows the door open when you return here. Um, neutral will approach, be denied entry by the door guardians, but then be allowed to pass when the light of the sword Masakado gave you at the sealed cave, along with the pillars, scorches them away. Uh, I don't think that's a, allowed to pass. More like you just murdered them <laughs> with light, and then you can just walk in now. <laughs> I mean, that's how everyone else has to get in. He does say this is a strength <laughs> test. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, it's a little note. If you're neutral, immediately take the item you gain from this cutscene to the dwarf in Akasaka for the best non-post-game sword in SMT2. Uh, so... And then, of course, anyone on Chaos Route is totally cool to enter. 
uh, making one more instance of bosses or obstacles going, yo, sup, in the end game for them. So, <laughs> um, similarly, non-chaos players will have to face Lucifer at the dungeon's end with an optional arm of the fortress allowing them to challenge Beelzebub for the right to summon him. Again, chaos heroes can just walk right up to the dude and he'll get in his car, drive right to the Cathedral of Shadows for them. Don't worry, everyone else. Chaos is about to get kicked in the dick by the final dungeon. (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) for non-chaos players, the end of this dungeon is Lucifer's death, in which he states that as long as humans continue to flourish on their own, God will never stop trying to destroy them. The cycle will never end. When, no, when Lucifer appears in the next mainline S&T game, their plan here is to explicitly break that cycle. So that was a really cool, like, uh, you know, extra nod off slash plot detail that Nocturne had. Nice. Yeah, I think that was lost on a lot of us at the time, since that was how the series was introduced to most people here. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like when you actually, if you actually end up going back to it, you're like, oh, okay. You see how a lot of those kind of pieces connect, which is really cool. It's really amazing just how much of this game specifically gets referenced in so many of the later ones that has kind of been lost on a lot of Western fans. Yeah, true. All right. Here is where the route splits like crazy. If you're law, that's it. That was your final dungeon. Please meet back up with us all at the final boss in a couple of hours. (laughs) Get ready to assault Eden now that you have Lucifer on your team. You can come back in, you know, a half hour or so. If you're neutral, (laughs) this is gonna suck. Your day just got so much worse. (laughs) Lucifer will tell neutral heroes only that he was having Moloch devour Magnetite on the direct orders of God to revive Kazuryu, a nine-headed dragon who was going to do a lot of the heavy lifting on that destroy all of the realms plan with St. Lucifer, very much not a fan of this, just went, how about I wake up a single head of this dude so it looks like I'm not slacking off and I don't get smited by his not paying attention this up top. Problem is, with his death, <laughs> the dragon has gone berserk, and while it's not world-ending, it's decidedly fuck-up-everyone-causing. <laughs> so, after leaving Ketter Castle, your next job is to find Steven, who is searching for you, and you get teleported into a battle with the dragon. For what it's worth, it has actually been visible for a while now on the world maps of both worlds as a constantly in motion chain of mountains. And a couple of NPCs have mentioned, wreck it shit and find your way to the center tower where chaos heroes will rejoin us and your goal is to figure out the password to Eden's elevator. An NPC will give you three of the four digits and then you just have to brute force the last one. It's zero. You're welcome. <laughs> if, if you did not pick up the Fury's robe and Bina, the Shurubum at the top will reject you from being sinful. And there are a lot of NPCs in Eaton now, chosen by God and assembled there. Approach the massive tower, which has risen here since you last came by, and it'll lead you to Gabriel going, yeah, we probably should have seen this coming. Zane's to the south, can't miss him. And if you aren't law, this is where you learn he is Satan, because Set flies in and fuses with him, turning him into Billy Idol circa 1983. <laughs> oh my god i was posting about this on twitter when i got here go look up the flesh for fantasy video then compare oh it. my god it's the same exact outfit wow Got the white hair and everything. i'm gonna have to put that in the show notes anyway satan literally hucks you into hell uh once again 
Aleph is easily the most defense-heavy protag in the franchise because you emerge unscathed from being tossed through time and space into the bedrock. <laughs> <sighs> you know, neutrals from next next vision is uh, Stephen uh, wheeling over to you, and uh, he explicitly says, "Wow, Satan really did a number on you." Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, thanks, Mister Hawking. <laughs> this is much funnier when you know other things from later in the series about that guy <laughs> um, so either way you approach uh, Lucifer Stephen uh, slash Stephen and learn about the fact that uh, Satan has developed an arc which is a spacecraft he's going to go he's going to use to take the chosen few into space and then scorch the earth with the uh, Megiddo weapon on God's orders. Um, enter the Ark when ready, because this is the point of no return. Law, you're uh, you're still not back yet. Go make him a sandwich while we all do a dungeon. <laughs> ends the game early. They just clock out. For what it's worth, we should probably point out that the NPCs you get on Law and Chaos, uh, Satan and Lucifer respectively, are potent as hell level 99 ass kickers who just take a slot in your party from here on out. That's true. So the first boss as you ascend is uh, Sabaoth, uh, the host of heaven, and one of the many names of God. Uh, basically imagine an angelic legion. Um, the second is uh, Shaddai, which is another name of God. And depending on how you want to interpret it, it means either destroyer or mother. Uh, let's go with the former for its uh, power. Um, I don't know. What are you saying, Fletch? Mother could be powerful, too. Mother doesn't usually try and eat your face. <laughs> Florida mom. <laughs> uh, the final name of God uh, you'll see say uh, see uh, see uh, is the obvious final final one, which is uh, Elohim. And uh, let's not try and tackle all the symbolism and discussion around that. Short version: It's really loaded. Um, but, um, do you know anything about, uh, Judeo, Judeo Christian, you know, yeah, um, there's, there's so much we can, we can do a whole 10 minute Alistair Crowley diversion on Elohim alone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so finally atop the arc, you meet Satan who, uh, returns to his form as Zane to talk with you. He claims that no matter what the center said, he was also always the most powerful of you five and because unlike the others, he had a soul given to him by the true capital G God. And it was that of the angel Satan. The human side wishes he could have taken you aboard uh, the ship as a comrade, but he has his orders. <laughs> um, it's also worth noting that the uh, claim that Tokyo Millennium was always abandoned by God, even with the four angels in charge, because... As long as man has knowledge, he will turn away from God. That's why it is needed to scourge everything and start anew. So we just start, you know, we just start over and over and over. So, uh... <laughs> I will never regret this joke. <laughs> okay. Our notes simply say this. When you kill Satan, a voice booms out from the heavens asking, who the fuck is screaming log off at my Satan? Show yourself, coward. I will never log off. 
<laughs> oh my god <laughs> alright <laughs> you fucking broke me <laughs> I regret nothing <laughs> if you, uh, if you uh, are, aren't a coward and you show yourself the final battle begins Hey, La, come back in now. You can rejoin the game. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forget what the lead-up is. It uh, gets La to fight God, but so- Satan's in your party, too. And he's so down with this. So let's go with uh, God was a wasp, and uh, Billy doesn't stand for that shit. <laughs> uh, so this is the final boss, and the actual Yahweh stands here, glowing with a divine light and rage to match summoning you, reciting some Old Testament curses, and with a side of your literal abominations in my eyes and your every move is against my wishes. Get ready for all the hells I can provide, kids. <laughs> and yeah, can I just have an aside here uh, where uh, I, I think that we need to start a Twitter account that's just uh, shots from SMT with uh, drill tweets replaced. <laughs> you know, it would definitely fit pretty much every character in this franchise. There's a couple I'm not going to discuss because I don't think you guys have played that game yet. Anyway, sorry for the aside. That is entirely my fault. Uh, the endings are actually really quick for each of these once you kill him. Uh, the only shared portion is him going, y'all know I'm going to be back, right? People will believe in God again and I'll be back. And I'll take Law from... Least to most canonical, our endings are Law, Satan lays down to die, having served his purpose. You and Hiroko, despite being, you know, mother and son, are about to become the new Adam and Eve from the Ark. And from space, you fire off the Megiddo laser, scouring the earth barren of all life to start fresh. Good end! (laughs) Nice one. (laughs) Other chaos. Uh, Millennium is destroyed, and sunlight reaches the underworld. For the first time in ages, demons find peace in the abyss under the rule and protection of Lucifer, and humans are free to practice whatever they wish. <laughs> Libertarians pee a little bit with joy. I mean, I think we've established on previous episodes that, like, chaos is the libertarian path. Yeah, basically. With, with pretty much the exception of new chaos and uh, Strange Journey Redux, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's who's who's the guy who's the guy who gets in there on the uh on the uh crazy ATV um <laughs> who's the wow the, the guy who gets in yeah and he's like the uber libertarian. He's like he's like the Iron Man. Oh Captain yeah, Captain Jack. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that leaves neutral. So you and Hiroko walk around the restored Valhalla, talking with the NPCs from the game's beginning. The fortune teller gives you one last reading, saying you continue onwards into an uncertain time with strength, leading us all with you. Hiroko tells you that there's no longer a god or Lucifer to rely on, so we'll have to make it with our own power now. And here's just a couple of character epilogues or side beats from the visionary items we didn't shove anywhere else in the notes. Daleth has a backstory over a few different items, talking about how he got to the underworld, 
how Hanoon first saw him and fell for him. Uh, a later one shows a post-Puck Daleth chatting with Hanoon about how he wonders what the difference between himself and Aleph is. Two identical clones so different because of a thing he'll never understand. It ends in his training kicking in to protect another fairy from a rogue machine, and he decides that whatever the difference is, it's enough, and he'll use it to make his own. The three rogue angel elders watching Gimmel's education under a virtual priest training uh, do so with the researcher who coded it. The programmer becomes more and more horrified as Gimmel's very extreme answers go, Mmm, well, you know, he is extreme, but if that focus is devoted to Millennium, I don't see a problem. <laughs> there is an entire... Oh, yeah, if you want to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an entire chain of uh, Mikata's diaries, uh, downing himself as a father, wondering where he'll uh, draw the line, or if he's uh, too far gone with all the hideous things asked of him uh, that he still finds a way to make happen. And then uh, there's a story of uh, Peterson and the Siren meeting, meeting and uh, another gives lyrics to the Siren song. Uh, the latter loses a lot in uh, direct translation. And um, let's see, the thoughts of a freshly slain Lucifer existing and yet not knowing that he and Yahweh are going to exist again in time. But for now, he just relishes in that blink of an eye outside of form. And the feeling of not feeling at all. I can relate to that. That one is really weird, and I'm not sure about the translation that I have on it, just because it's so metaphysical. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I would imagine. Yeah. It's kind of cool, though. It is very interesting, because it's one of the few times that we get explicit confirmation of what happens to the few beings we know exist across the SMT multiverse. Mm, I'll be back, but right now, do-do-do-do-do. He's kind of watching (laughs) things, but kind of not. It's very hard to explain. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, I can read this part. Um, Short stories of all the Japanese deities and their binding. Uh, Short stories about various prior champions. Uh, The promises Michael made to Abaddon that got him to commit some atrocities in the hopes of again being an angel someday. Uh, the moment where Gabriel splits apart from the other elders and how the trio never resented uh, them for this, mer- merely realizing they were too far down that road to ever turn back. And finally, one incredibly silly story where the bishop, who gets a whole arc off screen, explaining how he got his position, where his belief came from, turns a regular Jack Frost into King Jack Frost, Ends in griping that good grief, I hate dealing with fairies, flighty little so-and-sos. At least I can just tell everyone else it's for the Messiah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a weird comedy beat in the middle of this where Jack Frost is just like, why would I want to do that? He Because you would like to be strong. But I don't need to be strong. I have fun. (laughs) He's just hating his job. Um, also there's a post game. Uh, so there's really no optional bosses per se, but the fiends do spawn in each of the three post game dungeons with a chance to drop obscenely rare gear. Um, and I think as we mentioned before, uh, probably the sole reason bronze boxes exist, uh, given that the first post game dungeon gives you like six of them free, so you don't have to fight their low, uh, appearance rate as well as their 1 in 256 drop rate. So, uh, just like so many early JRPGs of post-game content, none of this is for anything but bragging rights. 
since all you can do with it is waste Yahweh faster with the super toys. I will point out one of the things that I least love carrying forward into the rest of the franchise is fiends are still a one in two fifty six chance of appearing. Oh yeah, I had that really hurt when I was playing um Strange Journey and uh, Redux. <laughs> yeah, SMT four is really bad about that on neutral. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one too. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with that, I think we're at the end of this game. Is there anything else y'all had to discuss that I didn't uh, end up writing in the notes? Uh, not that I know of, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys uh, think of the game? I I really like it. Like it's just so impossibly crazy, and I just... yeah, it goes there. <laughs> it like to a degree that like I don't think I, I don't think the main lines have gone. This crazy. Um, yeah. Have you played Four Apocalypse? Well, yes, yes, <laughs> I have played Four Apocalypse. I would definitely say that one goes there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it now, but I don't know. There's something about this one that's just like, just really raw. Like, I don't know. I, Even more so to me than Apocalypse, maybe because it's like an early game, so like the writing is quite a bit different from Apocalypse. Yeah, I think the issue in the distinction is Apocalypse is trying for a more nuanced plot, and this one just drops in at about the two-thirds mark. Yo, God is here, but it's a false god, but the real god hates you just as much. Have fun. (laughs) Uh, I really love this game. I think this is the one where the series hits its stride and takes off running, and... I'm Agreed. I'm very glad that we got this so quickly after the first, because I wonder what would have happened if you'd allowed that team to sit longer. That's true. We still have most of, if not all, of the original cast working on it, the writers, the artists, etc. We're going to start getting real weird after this on the same platform, with the next two titles being the incredibly experimental If and Majin Tensei 2 Spiral Nemesis, but... This is the last real straight up JRPG ass JRPG they do in the series for a while. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess I guess the you could say like soul hackers for uh for the Saturn. Yeah, but that's also once we start getting into those side titles again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what I saw was the other day, which was really weird because I I haven't seen it done this seen it this way anywhere else. Was I saw a Japanese cover for uh, Nocturne that also mm-hmm. said uh, Shin Megami Tensei three, and yeah. I I mean I know that it was you know Shin Megami Tensei three, but I didn't I, for some reason I didn't I didn't realize that it was like uh, billed as such at least in Japan. Yeah, it's. Uh, a thing that people would throw out for a while, especially before 4, was, oh, well, SMT Strange Journey was supposed to be 4. They just removed the number on it again. And it's like, no, no, they did But yeah, yeah it was weird because yeah, was- they just went, here's your introduction. It's Nocturne. It's the first one you ever know anything about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a world of hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be good times when we get there. Still has one of my worst bosses in the entire franchise. Oh, oh my God, yes. If you're talking about Moth. Yep. 
Oh my god, I love watching people fight him because it's just like, can I get a turn, please? Can I have a turn? God, I hate that fight. <laughs> that is one of the only things that ever makes me put that game down in the middle is Mott. It's just, oh my god. <laughs> there are people who low-level run that game, and I have no idea how they have the patience for that fight. Oh my god. Seriously. Jeez. Oh <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh God, I saw something on like uh I saw some YouTube series that was like Shin Megami Tensei fuck yous. That's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was basically it was like just basically a bunch of uh scenes from Nocturne. They're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it makes That's sense. Because most people never got to Memala. <laughs> Ah, uh, oof, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Speaking of uh, the PlayStation 2 era, uh, next time, uh, our next game is going to be um, Digital Devil Saga. Ooh, that's a fun one. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you're playing along at home, uh, get a good, uh, you know, you'll you know at, at our at our uh, current release uh release schedule you have some time but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah yeah get on that if uh if you uh are playing along at home is there anything else so are you going to do both games back to back or just split them i think we're going to split them mm-hmm. i can see that they're full length games each yeah yeah I think that uh, the approach that we've taken is uh, do one punishing one, and then one less punishing one, and then... <laughs> Digital Devil Saga 1. Jack Brothers, Digital Devil Saga 2. Let's see, what, what, did, we do? what, what did we do before this? We did, uh, was it Tokyo Mirage Sessions? So that's about as uh, light as you can get, so... True. Yeah, is there anything anybody wants to add? I'm good. This is second favorite game in the series for me so yeah i'm glad i could be here and i had a lot of fun with it cool awesome yeah this is yeah this is really the first time i got a chance to actually sit and play this game and just once again like blown away at how like good it was honestly like that it had it established so many things within the franchise so early on like for an older title it just it plays really well like the plot is crazy but i absolutely adore it and it's just so like you know intricate and like deep and so yeah i just really like this game a lot yeah i mean i think the story is like so like complex and sophisticated compared to like a lot of the a lot of the other jrpgs that are coming out at the same time it's it's kind of crazy yeah you know it is I mean, I even think of things like uh, games that are like totally classics from the same era, like Fantasy Star 4. And like, that's a great game, but like, that doesn't go anywhere near the fucking like balls to the wall uh, insanity that this game does. Exactly. I think, in terms of things that go as hard with it, the closest one you'll get is FF6 for that mid game event. Right. I don't want to spoil that on a non-FF podcast, but Yeah, no, I think I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that like really just kind of like just goes there. <laughs> and the I think 16-bit era, I can't think of anyone really getting apocalyptic with it. 
No, no. And I think that's... God, can you imagine if these games had come to America? I'm imagining an SNES-era Nintendo taking their censorship to this, and it would—that actually sounds like a really fun, stupid ROM hack to make. I kind of <laughs> want to do that now. Except <laughs> oh, T2, Nintendo edition. <laughs> it's really funny now because, like, Nintendo's <laughs> like, oh yeah, Galgun, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> like, like weird, like harem visual novels. Yeah, sure, we'll put you in the eShop. But like back in the <laughs> Back in the old days, it was like... <laughs> you know, back in the days when Devil World was the only Nintendo game that never came over because you were collecting Bibles and crosses to fight Satan. Yeah. <laughs> that really happened, if you're unaware. God, I gotta, I gotta look that up. It's less interesting than it seems. It's just a bad Pac-Man clone. Oh, okay. Well... Uh, ow. Yeah, Lucifer sits at the top of the screen, and he makes the frame that you're stuck in move in one random direction. And so you can get scrolled into a wall if you get pinned between the cage and that. Oh, that Ooh. sounds like fun. It's it's not amazing, <laughs> but it is remarkable for being one of the only first party games that did not get any kind of release. Oh, man. Because it's a game called Devil World where you pick up crosses and Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I yeah, it's 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 really, really fascinating. Like, I mean I I was one of the uh, latecomers who uh, only recently came to uh, Evangelion. And I'm like, what does all the Christi- Christian uh, symbolism mean? And then I looked online and I was like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It just looks cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want to really go down that rabbit hole, there's Xeno Gears. Oh, oh, oh my man. God. And Xeno Saga. Oof. <sighs> I'm going to be... Zeno Saga. Be replaying Saga in the coming year. That's going to be a thing. <laughs> uh, oh, I if you have your PS2 still, I think I still have my copy of the game. I got to fish it out somewhere. I have got copies of those three. We're thinking of doing it for a future set of seasons of LST. Oh, yeah, nice. Moving off of Final Fantasy stuff in future, and we're just deciding, hey, trilogies are a great idea. We're idiots. <laughs> I should give that a try. I don't have a uh, I don't have a PS2, but I got a PS3 that plays PS2 games, so. Oh, well, there you go. Perfect. I don't know if there is a fan translation for it, but if you can play the DS version Xenosaka 1 and 2. Okay. Because it does retcons that overwrite some of the stuff in those games and it's the version that okay, yeah. goes off of okay okay yeah and i am i am a fan of xenoblades so uh saga's a very different animal okay i was gonna say it's a- but, um, <laughs> I, I i i've got i've got a soft spot in my heart for uh for uh monolith soft is what i'm saying without going Aww. into detail let's just put it this way not a lot of other character or not a lot of other series would decide to go oh and that guy over there is joshua you know, Mary's husband. <laughs> Wait, what? We're two hours from the end. Why did you tell me this now? <laughs> exactly. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll have to give those a give those a give those a try. It's pretty wild. Awesome. It's definitely SMT two wild. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, does anybody have any uh, any? Uh, plugs that you would like to uh close us out with i do too many podcasts find me at hellscaper.com there will be links to everything okay (laughs) it's the the brief um okay gotcha and uh for me i'll try to plug something a little different um so i've been following this group lately that's pretty awesome it's uh 
called Brown uh, Girl Gamer Code. So basically, it's um, it's a group of women of color, you know, who uh, deal with uh, obviously love video games, but a lot of them are also professionally into uh, game coding. So they do a lot of promotional stuff with that. Uh, they had done a really cool recent project with um, with women of color mo- women of color mothers in the gaming community, where they did like you know little little video interviews how they talked about their shared experiences with gaming with their children. Very very cute stuff. Um, I can uh, give the link for their Twitter, uh, so you can check out more of their stuff. Check out their official. Uh, website. It's just a really, really great positive group. So it's very nice to see that. Awesome. Hmm. Yeah. What's uh, What's their Twitter? Uh, uh, their Twitter is Brown Girl Gamer Code, but like you know, for for brevity's sake, some of it's truncated. So you know, it's kind of like missing value. You know, <laughs> it's a handle. Solid. So it's, it's better. It would. Yeah, definitely. But I'm sure, actually, if you did a search, you could probably turn it up anyway. If you just type in "brown girl game." Yeah, and you know, if you send me the links, I'll uh, I'll throw them in the uh, in the uh, show notes too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, uh, please rate and review us on iTunes um, <clears throat> and uh, Google Play if uh, you are so inclined. And uh, I guess spread the word. Uh, we are um, on Facebook and Twitter. It's Mega Ten Marathon, and uh, I recently started a uh, Patreon, which is not to uh, make any of us rich. It's just to uh, cover uh, the hosting costs and uh, whatnot. So uh, if you Look up uh, Mirror Image uh, Studios on Patreon, and you want to throw in a dollar or two dollars, that would be awesome. Our hosting costs are like, I don't know, uh, like 30, 20 to 30 bucks a month. So uh, any, any amount is appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, Fletch, for uh, joining us again. Oh, absolutely. And you know I'll be back for uh, probably Demi-Kids at this point. Everyone else is going to want something better. Oh, you know. Maybe <laughs> Demi-Kids will be the uh, will be the light, uh, the light game after uh, <laughs> Digital Devil Saga. No, it won't, because it'll mean that one of us who has to play both of them to do the notes, since they're both separate plots. Oh, God. Oh, Ooh. God. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, we gotta do the uh we gotta we've also got in the hopper a uh influences on SMT and Persona with uh Gwen that we need to uh set up. So uh mm. yeah, they'll be coming up sometime in the near future, hopefully. Nice. Cool. All right, well, uh thank you so much for listening and uh yeah, 